Well, Pfizer has lifted shares a little today. There is a joke there somewhere, but I don't think we're going to go there. They're saying a vaccine is very possible by the end of the year and the expectations perhaps of a dovish Fed. Has that meant there's a bit more of a risk on mood? Well, maybe. Uh, the US dollar is certainly down today, but the Aussie dollar is not one of the beneficiaries. We'll find out why as we await the RBA minutes from their last meeting. And China's activity readings. We know they are producing stuff, but are people in a post-pandemic China actually going out and buying stuff? It's Tuesday, the 15th of September, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks are rising high after falling for a couple of days, and it's not just tech stocks today, although the Nasdaq is up 1.6%, that's the most, but the S&P 500 is up 1.3%, the Dow is up 1%. Uh, They're losing a little of their earlier impetus, it's fair to say. Uh, We're not seeing any of those big moves in Europe either. In fact, the DAX is down a little, so is the FTSE 100. Not much movement in government bonds, but the U.S. dollar is down again, losing 0.3%, and we're not seeing a compensating rise in the Aussie dollar, not to that extent. Anyway, one big rise has been in the pound. It's up over half a percent. Another big one is the Kiwi dollar up 0.6%. So we'll look at why the Kiwi dollar is doing okay and the Aussie dollar is not in just a second. Uh, The US dollar is also down 0.4% against the Japanese yen and small moves in oil. Comics gold up 0.8%. Silver up over 2% this morning. So it's a slightly confusing picture, it's fair to say. Let's uh, pick it apart with Rodrigo Catrill, senior FX strategist at NAB in Sydney. Uh, I, I, I say it's not just tech stocks rising today, but they are a chunk of it, aren't they? I mean, Apple is up over 2%. Tesla... It's sort of tech, isn't it? Uh, 8.6%. Pfizer, though, is up 3.8% because of uh, the, the hopes that they found a vaccine. Oracle bidding for TikTok, uh, over 5% up. Oracle and TikTok. I tell you, that seems like a very unlikely marriage, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, morning, Phil. Um, so it's certainly the, the, the equity markets have opened with a sort of a pretty optimistic uh, spring in the step um, at the start of the new week. Um, it's all really about deal making and, and mm. positive news around vaccines. Um, you mentioned Oracle, but there's also um, you know, even Alibaba is, is speculating about a deal. SoftBank was, was another great deal. And, and so, so there's a lot of deal making going on that is helping markets. But I suppose the Oracle one with TikTok is the big one because, of course, that's been a big focus from President Trump. Uh, it remains to be seen whether the deal will go through. But the, the one thing to note is that the Oracle owner is, is a big, big mate with uh, President Trump, which plays to the view that uh, despite any criticism about the deal, uh, it, the deal was still likely to, to go through. Well, I don't know. I would have thought that would make the Chinese even less likely to, to approve it. Because, of course, you know, they're, they're, from their side, they're saying, well, they'd rather it, as we said yesterday, you know, the, they'd rather it wasn't, it, it fell apart. The whole company folded rather than being falling into American hands. Yes, so. it, it's, it's a good point. But uh, technically, it's a partnership um, and, and, and not a sell as such as the, the Microsoft deal. So, Maybe that's enough. But uh, in addition to, as you say, Trump and, and also a, a commission in terms of uh, a separate commission by the Commerce, Commerce Department also needs to approve it. But uh, in addition to all the U.S. approvals requirements, and uh, there's also that requirement that, that China needs to also give it a tick. So it remains to be seen, but uh, we the expectations are that some conclusion will be reached uh, before the end of the week. Right. And then the other side of it is the uh, is the, the the news that Pfizer, their CEO, said in the U.S. on TV on Sunday that they, it, it is very likely that they will deploy a vaccine to the public before the year end. Dr. Anthony Fauci is echoing that optimism as well. 
Um, so, uh, and Pfizer saying at the, at the very least we'll know uh, if it works or not and if it's safe by the, by the end of October. So that's grabbed a bit of attention as well, hasn't it? Yes. So very similar to, to other uh, vaccine makers, if you like, uh, they're all pretty much on production uh, and waiting for approval. Um, so, so if and when they get that approval, in theory, they would be ready to deploy the vaccine straight away. So it's, it's quite promising. Uh, and of course, we've got to remember that this has been one of the big factors why equity markets are performing as they are, uh, given the expectations that some sort of vaccine will be released, um, you know, probably b- before the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, it, it can't happen soon enough if uh, Donald Trump is going around giving uh, indoor rallies like he did in Nevada at the weekend with very little in the way of <laughs> social distancing. Uh, but look, I mean, is the is another reason for optimism the fact that, you know, the expectation is that the FOMC is going to be fairly, uh, fairly dovish this week. So perhaps there's going to be a bit more money floating around and that could be enough to keep the economy going to bridge the gap, particularly if the gap is closing because a vaccine is getting closer. Is that is that giving confidence to the markets as well, do you think? And hopefully also a bit of confidence to consumers. Uh, yeah, I think that there's a um, maybe the market is is uh, going a little bit ahead of itself. I mean, we we kind of been looking at the signaling coming from commentary from from Fed speakers just after uh, Powell's speech, and it's it, it's it's unclear yet whether there will be or there's an urgency to to act. Uh, um, in particular, there's a lot of focus on whether uh, there will be a, a, an increase in buying of U.S. Treasuries uh, further out the curve. Um, given that there, there's a bit of this upward pressure on longer dated U.S. Treasury yields, uh, given the huge amount of issuance that is occurring and, and the huge amount of issuance that is yet to come. Um, but uh, there, there hasn't been a huge amount of sort of signaling, if you like, coming from, from his speakers. So uh, we, we're kind of a little bit concerned that maybe there's, there's a, there's, the, the market might be a little bit too optimistic about this mm. um, in terms of what to expect from, from the Fed uh, this week. So right. I suppose we're kind of airing a little bit of cautiousness in that regard. Right. There is an expectation that the RBA is going to be doing more, though, isn't there? There was that story in the uh, in the AFR. Uh, we get the RBA minutes today. That maybe is not going to tell us too much. Is what they do next. But, uh, you know, the, the hints are that uh, they will be buying more bonds and perhaps lowering interest rates a bit more as well. Yes. Uh, so uh, I suppose today we get the RBA minutes from the September meeting, they um, kind of expand quite significantly in terms of what is being discussed over the meet over the meeting. So uh, the, the minutes do have the potential to to reveal, uh, you know, some of the debate or the thinking within the RBA. And, and as you mentioned, the, the AFR articles over the weekend uh, or late on Sunday do suggest. Um, that the RBA is contemplating further easing and, and including, you know, this idea of expanding the QE program. So from our perspective, if the, if the RBA was to in- mm. increase the QE program, uh, really it needs to be basically an extension of, um, of buying further out the curve. And, and if anything, a more dramatic move will be to, to expand that yield curve control onto the five year part of the curve, for instance. Um, the market is already kind of positioned a little bit of that. We've seen the, uh, Aussie futures, uh, bond futures perform really well overnight, uh, against the backdrop where, you know, US treasury yields have essentially been unchanged. Um, so it's certainly an expectation that we will find a little bit of a hint today, uh, in terms of what the RBA may be thinking in terms of further easing. So does that explain why we've got this big difference in, uh, the, the response uh, to the Aussie dollar and the Kiwi dollar today, to the to the fall in the in the US dollar. 
Yes, it's exactly. So we've seen, well, to be fair, both both currencies have gone up. The, the Kiwi has gone up by more because we've had news that finally they in, in New Zealand, they're, they're looking to reopen their economy after the lockdown measures that they've introduced. Um, they did expand or extend the, the current lockdowns a little for another week. Um, but certainly you can now see that the lights at the end of the tunnel in New Zealand with the, the, the government talking about plans to, to reopen there and moving to level one uh, for most of the country except Auckland. So, so that's really good news. And that's, that's given the, the Kiwi a bit of a boost. And as we mentioned, you know, on the other side, we've seen the RBA uh, commentary or speculation uh, weighing a little bit uh, on, on the Aussie, which, of course, has been reflected in the in a underperformance of the Aussie Kiwi cross. Yeah. So lockdowns are still with us, of course, in, in various parts of the world. In fact, the WHO is uh, the World Health Organization, not the WHO, <laughs> singing you better you bet. The World Health Organization <laughs> saying on Sunday that uh, that was the biggest one day increase in infection since the uh, the pandemic began. So it's still around. And we're, we are seeing lockdowns, regional ones, but also Israel has just gone into a three week national lockdown as well. Shops and schools close there you can't go more than 500 meters from home so uh, it's uh, you know full on there uh, so it, it's still around obviously uh, and uh, you know that's the, that's that's still going to create uncertainty in the markets where, whichever way you look at it because you don't know where it's going to strike next you know a lot is basically riding on this idea that the vaccines are coming and they're coming soon uh, so any hiccup around that uh, has the potential yeah. to 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 derail what the market yeah. is essentially overlooking the, the, the increasing numbers in viruses. And, and we've mentioned, uh, you know, last week and so on, all of the hotspots that are rising in Europe. And now they, they, the rate of change in terms of infection is, is above in Europe, higher than what it was that it is in the US as well. So there's a lot of dynamics going on in the, in the virus sort of story that are very important. But at the moment, the market is still sort of more, more sort of weighing on the idea that a vaccine is coming soon and should fix this problem. Well, volatility is the word, isn't it, for 2020? And you can't get more volatile on the pound. It's uh, had an okay day today after a disastrous week last week. But I think the uh, the reason why it's doing well is because people think he is going to lose. Boris Johnson is going to lose his uh, internal markets bill in, uh, in Parliament. It's not going to get passed. I'm not sure what that means for Brexit negotiations. It doesn't seem to make uh, it more or less likely that we're going to have a, a no-deal Brexit at the end of the year. So the only thing we can conclude I think is that there is going to be more volatility for the pound for some time to come. Yes, and and if more of the same, we probably can add to that because um, certainly this is not going to resolve the issue. This is sort of a, a side story to the main story. Exactly. Um, and uh, I suppose the market is running a little bit positively in, in terms of the pound because um, if the bill is is not passed, it, it basically at least keeps some of the credibility of the in terms of the UK from an international perspective there's a lot of concern that uh, the, if the bill was to, to be passed then uh, the UK ability to you know make deals with others for instance uh, will lose a little bit of strength because um, they just broke a deal with with Europe so uh, it will it's it's important in that regard uh, but as you say it doesn't really make that much difference does it to the scheme of things right now uh, look they have signed a trade deal with Japan and that's one down that's going to replace the trade deal they had with Japan uh, through being a member of the EU of, of course uh, so a step forward I guess uh, and talking about Japan well they had the election and it looks like we're going to have a, a continuation of Arbonomics well you may say Suganomics which is the continuation of Abenomics. Yes. Uh, so I suppose the, the very important thing or outcome of all of this is that uh, um, Sugar has won uh, as the LDP leader. Now he's expected to be uh, you know, confirmed as a, as a prime minister of, of the new prime minister of Japan. 
But importantly, as you say, um, he has committed to continue uh, the policies that uh, PM Abe had introduced. Um, and uh, and that is obviously, it means that there's, there's stability in terms of not only the political side, but also in terms of the economic policies that the government has been implemented. And very importantly as well, it means that policies by, by the Bank of Japan are likely to remain unchanged, uh, which obviously is very important for the expectations of movements for, for, the, for the yen. Now, in Europe today, we get uh, UK unemployment data. We get the Zoo Survey of Economic Sentiment for Germany and for the Euro area. We get final CPI reads for France and Italy. Uh, well, uh, the, the deflation read for, for France, we should say. Uh, and uh, and China's activity readings today, uh, the, the, we know they're producing stuff in China. The big question is, are consumers confident enough to be buying stuff? Yeah, that is exactly right. So the big, big story in terms of economics this year has been the huge and, and very impressive recovery of the Chinese economy. Uh, but I, see, I suppose one of the sort of missing pieces of this puzzle has been the fact that the consumer has lagged behind and, and therefore the retail sales figures that will be released today will be very important. Uh, expectations are for an unchanged number. So it's still expectations of, of this sort of anemic recovery on the consumer side. Uh, but it will be important to see to what extent uh, those numbers are met, or if not, whether they're disappointed as well. So it will be uh, very important in that regard. Right. Okay, we'll look out for that later on today. Thank you, Rodrigo. Catch you again soon. Pleasure, Phil. Talk soon. And we had our best week ever for the morning call last week. We had uh, close to 30,000 listens in a week. So thank you for your continued support. On that basis, we are going to continue doing it. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll be back again tomorrow morning. See you then. <laughs>